The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are a visionary. You have a vision. You just need to create it and bring it to life. Welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with your host, Kate Ebner. Our program will be an hour of inspiration from leaders who are making their visions happen and will set you on the path to having a big impact through your leadership and the life you really want. Now here's your host, Kate Ebner. Good morning and Happy New Year. Welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life in 2013. I want to tell you how excited I am about starting off the new year with a focus on circle leadership. And if you haven't signed up for our newsletter already, definitely do that. Go to www.nebocompany.com and sign up for Visionary Leader Newsletter so that we, you can read our articles. We just wrote about circle leadership this past week. And uh, I want to tell you a little bit about where the idea for this series came from and then introduce today's guest, Kay Sandberg. Um, Kay and I have been working together for several years. Um, she has at times been a collaborator. She has been a coach to me. She is a thinker and a creative um, relationship person whose gifts are quite extraordinary. And over my time of, of working with Kay, I came to understand the power of what we're calling circle leadership, but really the power of the circle. This month, we will be featuring each week a different leader who is using this methodology to actually create extraordinary results in the world. And for those of you who are thinking, okay, what is this thing called circle leadership? What I really am referring to is um, probably pretty familiar to you, whether it's, you know, you go to pick up your child at school and your child has been in a, a morning circle of some kind, or perhaps you have a book club and you sit in a circle, or perhaps you're in a powerful conversation about a future or an issue that's critically important in your community and the shape that you take for that discussion is the circle. Um, the circle is a shape that invites all to participate equally and it's a shape that enables us to um, respect, hear, and bring about some pretty extraordinary and amazing outcomes. So we're going to talk about that as a perhaps a another way of looking at leadership, vision, and how things get done in the world. Um, with no further ado, I want to introduce you to Kay Sandberg. I mentioned before that she has been a coach to me. Um, she's also an entrepreneur and at one time was the co-founder and CEO of Health Medicine Institute, which was a for-profit integrative medicine practice. She has recently founded and is uh, leading the Global Force for Healing, an innovative social profit organization designed to deepen the experience of love and compassion through Global Grassroots Project. So we're going to learn a lot about that today. Um, Kay has been the director of the Soul of Money Institute, working closely with Lynn Twist, who's been a guest on this show. Um, she has deep experience with transformational programs and breakthrough ideas. Um, Kay's 
fluent in Japanese. She has a master's degree from Stanford. She is one of those talented people who has depth and perspective that I'm so glad that all of you will have a chance to experience today. Welcome to the show, Kay. Thank you, Kate. It's really a joy to be here. Well, I know from our conversations over time that um, this is kind of a critical moment in the world. It's at the beginning of this year, uh, beginning of a new age, um, many people are saying. And I'm really pleased that the topic of today's show is love as a global force for healing. And I know this is central to your mission and your philosophy. Um, Kay, you have such a fascinating background, and I'm finding as I talk about you that I'm not feeling I'm, I'm giving people even quite enough texture about who you are. So would you just tell us a bit about your background and how you came to be doing the work that you do today? Absolutely. Um, you, from a very young age, I had a, a strong sense that I was here for a purpose. Um, through uh, a, a, some childhood traumas and a near-death experience, uh, I, I began to look at a, a pretty pretty young age for more, and how I expressed that actually was through uh, leadership in c- creating what now we might call circles, actually, healing circles, to uh, bring um, together the racial divide in my community where I grew up. Uh, that was uh, something in high school um, that I was very involved in. I was in student leadership um, all the way from junior high into college. Uh, convened a circle of student protesters uh, at my college with the administration to to bring an end to the um, what right now we might say um, it, you know is violent tendencies um, that were just about to erupt and emerge. So so I um, I feel so fortunate that from a from a, a really young age I had an, an opportunity to express what now I see was my leadership voice. And um, and so when I began to do coaching, consulting, training in Silicon Valley, and as you mentioned, since I'm fluent in Japanese and have lived in Japan and know the culture, I also did a lot of work for Silicon Valley uh, firms who who had a presence in in Japan. So um, going back and forth a lot as sort of a cross cultural ambassador. Um, if you will, um, you know, I, I realized the commonalities um, and, and that what made us different actually was only uh, how we held um, how we held each other. In other words, if we saw the unity in our diversity, then that's what we focused on. Um, and so I had lots of opportunity uh, when I was doing this work really to explore um, cross-cultural circles, uh, if you will, um, to bring unity, peace, and more tolerance to the world. And um, either now, Kate, or I'll let you guide me um, a little bit later, I'd love to tell a story about what really transformed me, an epiphany I had while I worked inside a, um, a, a Silicon Valley semiconductor company. You know, Kate, I would love for you to just tell us that story right now. It sounds intriguing, and um, I have a sense that this is going to to illuminate the points you were just making. So go ahead. Okay, great. Yeah, it really is what put me on the path uh, that uh, where I am today. And this happened in 2001, before 9-11. This was a, a, a time I see that, that really was transformative for many, many, many people uh, like me. Um, so I had been working extensively with one group in this, in this uh, particular company, and I hugged a team member 
after a, a particularly poignant meeting. And the really great guy who had the um, the task of uh, the, the HR person who had the task of telling me that I could not hug people in their company, very apologetically, it was such a huge aha for me because <laughs> I realized I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> that I was just pl- uh, trying to put little tiny uh, butterfly band aids on this increasingly gaping wound that I felt and saw. Uh, in inside corporate America. I mean, I'm being pretty dramatic here, but there was so much suffering, so much unhappiness, so much fear around not being promoted, uh, not getting what they were due. And so when I realized that my, my gifts really couldn't be used there, I set on a journey to to see what was next, to play a bigger game. And that's what took me to the House of John of God, a spiritual healing center in Brazil, not once, but twice before 9-11. That's where I received the, the call to specifically found the global, at that time it was Fund for Healing. I would be told and guided how to do it. I didn't have to know what it was or how to do it. I just needed to show up. And in that meditation, I said yes. Wow, that is a wonderful uh, way of telling your story, Kay. And, and I'm gonna um, I'm gonna stay where we are for just a moment longer. I'm interested. Um, so there you were in Silicon Valley, working in sort of corporate settings, and something about being instructed not to hug awakened you and caused you to realize that you weren't in the right place doing the work that you were meant to do, and um, you know, I like your I like your um, metaphor of putting butterfly bandages on a gaping wound. You know, so many times I think people roll up their sleeves and sort of dig in and try to work on that gaping wound. It really is a an epiphany to say this isn't for me, and I'm not going to keep at this. I'm going to go a different way. Um, so I just want to acknowledge that moment. That's a, a really fascinating moment, and. Now, you've referred to John of God, and I know who he is, but I know perhaps some of our listeners don't. Would you be willing to just tell us a little bit more about that piece of your journey? Absolutely. Um, I was guided through a a series of um, both practical, um, meaning wanting to help people, (laughs) and um, and mystical um, uh, sort of uh, revelations, if you will, um, or guidance that there was a, a spiritual healer um, who worked with people from throughout the world, I thought I was there actually to to go on behalf of someone else, a, a dear, dear friend, um, for a healing for her. When I And just before I left, she said, this is actually not my faith. I, um, it, this trip must be for you. because so, so all of a sudden I was there without a purpose. Um, and... Um, so what I realized while I was there, and it was true of many people from all over the world who go to this um, spiritual healing center that is um, healing through accessing divine wisdom, with, if you will, healing wisdom through uh, the healer and the mediums that support him going into deep trance. Um, to to come to a place of understanding about what that soul, what that person in front of him or in front of the medium most needs to to lead a meaningful life, a life of love and fulfillment. And so for me and for many others there who weren't there for physical healing, 
it was really a revelation about the next step on my path, and that was to found this organization and to and then to take the steps that were needed, including co-founding Health Medicine Institute. That insight also came uh, at, that, at the second time I visited John of God with the man who became the medical director and the lead investor in our for-profit integrative or holistic medicine clinic. Well, you know, for those who would like to learn more about John of God, I know he's been profiled by Oprah, among others, and it's a wonderful website. Um, you could go just Google John of God and go there, watch a film about him. But I'm, I'm giving that background information because, uh, Kay, I want to make the link between yeah. your choosing this, um, one of the world's great healers, as a, a place of um, growth and expansion for yourself and going not once but twice and and out of that receiving this mission um, that you have, have been holding and working on ever since. Um, we just have another uh, minute or two before we take a break. But I wonder, you know, having having shared this much of your story with us, what would you say, what, what did you learn from it up until this point in your story? Like there was, there's something you concluded through all of this, I know you received kind of a sense of mission, um, but what is it that you recognized as your philosophy? Well, um, I would say that love is all around. Uh, Mother Teresa says it so beautifully. Work is love made visible. And Mother Teresa was very key to my story, by the way. Um, so I found that through the power of, of individuals, Always knowing that it's really not us doing it. It, we, it. We are the conduits. We are the vehicles for healing and defined as a return to wholeness and well-being because that is our divine birthright. That's fundamentally who we are. And that, that means that we really fundamentally are, are love. So it's about uncovering that and removing the obstacles to being love. Beautiful. Thank you very much for sharing that. Um, My pleasure. Thank you for the wonderful question. Well, you know, it's, it's a great starting point and it's certainly a great way for us to start a new year on our show. We're going to take a break right now. I'm talking with Kay Sandberg. She is the founder of Global Force for Healing. I hope you'll stay tuned and join us in just a moment. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? 
Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Welcome back. This is Kate. My guest is Kate Sandberg. She is the founder and executive director of Global Force for Healing, an innovative social profit designed to deepen the experience of love and compassion through global grassroots projects. We're going to hear a lot more about what Kay is doing in the world. She's been telling us her story and about how she kind of found her path. And um, it's quite an extraordinary story, Kay. And I want to pick up kind of where we left off. Um, you put forward that your philosophy is really about the healing power and potential of love. And um, right before the break, we, we talked a bit about that. I want to just pick up right there and ask you to tell us more about that. Um, love is a global force for healing. What does that really mean? Um, basically, um, you know, the, I, I was a student for a while of A Course in Miracles that made the, I thought, really great observation that uh, you can't really teach about love. You can remove the obstacles to uh, experiencing a sense of well-being, wholeness, um, of um, of really, um, it's it's challenging to talk about it. It's uh, uh, it's much easier to talk about what love is not, which is uh, in my book, uh, love is the absence of fear. So it is it's an all pervasive um, way of being beyond just the feeling of it. That for me anyway um, uh, motivates me more than anything else to make a difference, um, whether it's a small act of uh, random or otherwise of kindness. Mother Teresa said that there is no great act. There are only small um, acts of love, really, um, and that they all add up to <laughs> to a sense of, um, of connection, community, um, wholeness, um, a, a, um, a, a happiness, a, a satisfaction, with life that uh, whether it's the smile that you share with somebody waiting in line or whether it's being compassionate, um, a compassionate listener, being with the suffering of the other person without judgment. It's um, so for me, love and compassion are like uh, kissing cousins or, or, or sisters, if you will. Um, Compassion being the end uh, of suffering, being with the person suffering, love holding the possibility for wholeness, for health, well-being, and for an all um, like a, a total body experience of of really being here for a reason um, and being here to help ease each other's burden. 
You know, Kate, when we were preparing for this, you actually said to me, Kate, sometimes when I talk about this, people think I'm kind of woo-woo. I'm kind of out there. (laughs) And Uh I'm mentioning that actually on air, (laughs) not because you sound that way to me, but because I think, um, I I find that sometimes in the vision work too, right? That when we, people say, oh, vision, that's like pie in the sky. It's like, actually, no, it's very practical. And I have a hunch that your philosophy, love as, as a healing force, is extremely practical. Um, and I wanted to ask you if you would tell us a bit about um, the projects that you're involved with and the way that Global Force for Healing is actualizing this philosophy. Absolutely. Um, I'd be absolutely delighted to. This is uh, the beginning of our second year uh, of formal existence, even though, as you know from my story, this was really founded in my heart um, through a commitment I made in 2001. So um, our, our three projects, uh, each led currently by a board member, and it's all about love translated into action. Um, you're absolutely right, Kate. So let me just um, outline, maybe I'll outline the first one, our, our sort of core central project, and then you can ask me a question and I'll go on to the other two, or you can guide me to, to just plunge forward with the other two examples. Great. Go for um, it. So uh, our primary project is really healthy, compassionate birthing. Um, I believe so strongly that if every baby came into the world, if every mother, every father, every community, grassroots community that that indigenous uh, baby or or even, you know, a baby in Washington, D.C., were born into a, a, a situation where they knew they were loved, they knew they were safe, uh, that they would bring forth a whole different way of being. And we're seeing that more and more, I think, on the planet today, that there are more and more children, babies that are being born, really, I think, you know, exhibiting or um, emanating this kind of love. So the Healthy Birthing Project, partly because of my own incredible, really, uh, in one case, um, beatific experience, if you will, amazing transformative experience through uh, the birth of my first child, my son, I realized that I want to have that access to healthy birthing, everything from medical supplies or in the case of indigenous cultures where I've worked and that I'm working with now, um, where there is no doctor, there are really no supplies. It's skilled birth attendants who uh, who are community members uh, that know something about emergency life-saving skills that others don't know. They know how to put the baby on the breast to nurse. In some cultures, believe it or not, that is not the cultural practice. They, it's very practical, grounded, um, how to, uh, information that then those ambassadors, if you will, uh, for healthy birthing, share with other community members in circle. So I'm very excited about two convenings that we're planning for this year of indigenous and remote, uh, grassroots healthy birthing centers or projects that aspire to bring this kind of education, birth attendant education, emergency life-saving skills. Um, And over time, actually, it inevitably leads to basic community health and sanitation training and awareness, the importance of of boiling water uh, that may be contaminated otherwise, the importance of washing hands. So it's it's a very, very fertile field 
Um, and even though maternal and infant mortality has dropped worldwide dramatically because of so much attention being put on it in the last 10 years, in my view, the most marginalized people, those with least access to care, um, whose governments uh, in areas like Central and South America, South Asia, Southeast Asia, for example, Africa, um, in many cases, even if they have the official laws on the books and infrastructure to provide um, healthy birthing, there, there's not the, the political will, the money allocated for it. So that it, it, for those who are most vulnerable, there still is a huge need um, for these kinds of services. Kate, you said that the project you're involved with right now is focused on setting up two birthing centers, and uh, you also said that when this kind of education starts to take place, it has sort of a ripple effect, my words, not yours, right. in terms of you know sanitation and health practices in a community. Where are the two centers that you're working with right now? Well, actually, I'm working with, with several, um, several centers that exist in places like Guatemala. I'm working with a, a wonderful organization based in San Francisco called One Heart Worldwide that works in, with indigenous people in Copper Canyon, Mexico, and in Nepal, formerly worked in Tibet. Um, I'm in touch with centers uh, in Bali and two locations in Bali uh, and several locations in, in more remote or less well-served areas of India. So what we actually are doing and what our, our gift is to this field really is convening grassroots projects and clinics like the, in the countries that I'm, I'm talking about so that they can share best practices. For example, there is a, a relatively cheap and simple to uh, to obtain um, medication called misoprostol that actually can stop hemorrhaging immediately and can be taken in advance of a birth for somebody that will not be assisted by by medical technology or or um, someone that if the person does hemorrhage can help them. So um, that that is not known universally and. Um, so we really are the vehicle for bringing together um, existing projects uh, so that they all can become sustainable, um, so that they're on the radar of the larger funders of this kind of work in the world um, um, that are, have already done so much to reduce maternal and infant mortality. So um, one, one of the convenings is actually a pre-conference that's part of a huge 5,000-person global conference in May in Malaysia called Women Deliver. And we will be uh, convening indigenous projects from the, uh, some of the countries I mentioned, plus opening it up to conference uh, attendees uh, in general to come together to share best practices, to encourage each other, and, and everything stems from and will be recognized as a return really to love and wholeness. So love... Um, as a force for healing in birth, birth then being emblematic of how we're birthing the new consciousness on the planet. So making those connections, in other words, linking the healthy, compassionate birthing always back to love. Yes, and as you describe this, there's an enormous amount of, um, of spirit in your approach. You know, it, it, it's, um, you know, I'm not hearing it as, as a religion by any means, but I'm hearing just a lot of reference to spirit and um, 
you know, sort of the this consciousness, the raising of a of a of a different consciousness. Yeah, um, we just ha- yeah, we have just a couple minutes, Kay, and then another break. But um, I wonder, you know, what what would you like to see come from the work you're doing? Like when you think about the contribution you're making, the convening that you're doing, what does success mean to you? Well, for the convenings, success means actually that these projects individually are much more self-sustaining. Many of them are hanging on by their fingernails. There there aren't the resources to do what they need to do, whether it's uh, healthy birthing kits, whether it's access to uh, misoprostol, for example, this amazing life-saving drug. Um, there are so many innovations now. I, I mean, I could go on for hours about the innovations that have happened in healthcare delivery for uh, remote areas that, that are not widely known or accessible. So I would like to see our organization make a huge difference and impact by making those resources accessible um, now and 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 then over five years, ten years, just as the projects that I've worked on personally and that I've studied and done in, uh, needs assessments regarding around the world, it always leads to a, a better sense of um, of health, uh, a, a higher standard, I should say, uh, of health and well-being in the whole community, whether it's sanitation or clean water. Um, and, and again, it's about fundamentally about empowerment and especially empowerment about women who, with all the wonderful particip- participation of men, uh, whether it's their partners or um, the tribal leaders, etc., fundamentally it's the, it's women that bear the children and women that are responsible for raising them. So empowerment of women, as has been shown globally, is really the biggest way to make an impact in terms of reducing poverty um, and suffering in the world. Thank you for for sharing that. That that is a wonderful project, and I know it's we say project, but it's actually it sounds like many projects under one big heading. And um, you know, you've been describing um, convening, convening. That's so much a part of circle leadership. When we come back from this break, I'd like to explore what it means to be the convener of this kind of a an event or a, of a circle. Um, I'm talking today with Kay Sandberg. She is the executive director and founder of, um, for, I, I want to call it the global force for healing, the force for global healing, the global force for healing. I'm Kate Ebner. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Is your business model robust enough? 
In today's ever-changing business environment, people are working to transform themselves, their futures, and their business. Tune in to Business Reinvention with your host, Nancy Lynn. To stay ahead of the game in business, you have to constantly reinvent yourself and your organization. With Nancy's experience and that of her guest experts, you'll learn from stories of inspiration, innovation, and forward thinking. Listen for Business Reinvention, live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Welcome back. This is Kate. I'm talking with Kay Sandberg, and we are exploring... Uh, this amazing work she's doing through her non her social profit organization, and we're talking specifically about um, love as a global force for healing. And Kay, right before the break, you described in some wonderful detail the the project you're focused on supporting healthy birth around the world, and very exciting and fascinating to hear about that project. Um, I, I mentioned something before the break about convening, and I'm interested in just hearing your thoughts about what it means to convene as an act of leadership. Um, I know this is part of circle leadership. You've described it as part of your offer to the world. Yes. Yes. Well, um, to be a convener, I believe, is to be a creative spark. It's to be a catalyst for bringing together a group that has a common aim, whether or not they realize it initially or uh, at whatever level of depth they understand the purpose for them being together. And a convener is someone who who helps guide the, the conversation, the guidelines about um, how decisions are made by the group, about how communication happens, um, uh, about the importance of listening uh, more than speaking, and that as I, um, and also someone who has a commitment and unflagging passion, as I do, for the work I'm doing, for bringing together this particular group of people, and then letting the um, letting the group actually be empowered, each individual and the circle be empowered, to um, to create um, a transformative difference in the world. Yes, I'm, I'm, thank you for that. I mean, I love hearing those distinctions. And, you know, I think so often we take for granted the acts of leadership that we, we see happening around us every day, you know, so we might call a meeting, for example, or we might, um, you know, ask people to get together to talk about something. But I don't know if we fully realize how powerful it is to convene and what a p- potentially potent act of leadership and of, um, empowerment that can really be. And, uh, you know, so you were telling us about one major initiative in your organization. Are there others you're working on too? Absolutely. And they're are directly involved with, with circle leadership, which is the is in the sense of empowering everyone to find their unique um, value in the circle and also to express it, articulate it through action, through a commitment to really make a difference in the world in their own unique way. 
So one of those actually comes from an amazing collaborative laboratory. At, uh, so it's a laboratory that studies and then uh, takes into the world in practical uh, grassroots ways um, the uh, the whole idea of collaboration. Um, Dr. Sharik, uh, one of our board members, um, uh, is guiding um, or leading this. And so in the case of, of that work, groups of three people, which he calls ecologies of three, so a circle of three people meeting at Stanford University, for example, are connected via Skype for 10 weeks in an intensive exploration of inner sustainability and also how to how to make a difference in the world in their own unique way with people in other countries um, primarily to date in the in India in uh, a city called Ahmedabad which is um, surrounding the Gandhi ashram and there's much there's a lot of interest and there'll be expansion of this uh this convening of circles if you will circles of people that empower each other individually and collectively to make a difference in the world in ways like um, Stanford uh, uh, devising appropriate technology for water uh, and sanitation issues in the slums in Ahmedabad this uh, town that surrounds the Gandhi ashram so that that's one that's exa- another example of the the power of circles and convening people um, for mutual benefit as well as in you know really um, empowerment of the person to make a, a difference. So it sounds like there's uh, you know if we think of um, the convening of a circle um, it is is sort of the methodology or the the approach the process for bringing people together in a powerful conversation mm-hmm. to do all kinds of things I think is what I'm taking away from from these examples. Um, right. Tell us more. So um, uh, uh, maybe I'll, uh, I could give you a th- another example, a third example, um, because it's based on a course, a, a very popular undergraduate course at Stanford called Love as a Force for Social Justice. And it's, it's led by Anne Firth-Murray, um, just an amazing being, another board member. And, um, and so we have been experimenting with community level courses and also last year, um, in introductory evenings about our organization, Global Force for Healing, um, I was the convener for some amazing citizen to citizen discussions around the importance of, of bringing compassion to real life situations in our communities, in our country, and in our world. So Love as a Force for Social Justice is a a course that we are getting ready um, to put online, and uh, one of the collaborators um, for this is likely to be the Dalai Lama Foundation, whom you'll be hearing from next week, that have their own amazing and very sophisticated way of working in study circles. So convening um, circles of people in conversation around how to um, make our community a better place um, and and also how to bring in the whole idea of equity, of equality in the circle, of inclusiveness. And, and also part of our methodology is that how we do our work, how we communicate with each other. Uh, how we support an individual through a difficult time or in making the transition to, for example, founding um, a new homeless shelter in our town. That was one result of a convening. Um, that, that how we do the work is at least as important, if not more important, than what we do 
because we're embodying, again, the principles of love, compassion, um, social justice, uh, equity. And, um, and so I, maybe I'll stop there. Well, I am, um, I'm, I have your words kind of echoing in my mind. How we do the work is just as important as what, what we create through the work. And, um, I think you've given us some wonderful examples. I, I've been, in my own experience, I've been struck, Kay, by, um, the circle process, which to me seems like a, a bit of a conundrum. You know, you sit down, convene, there's a, a matter at hand, a topic. In my case, for seven years, I worked with a, I had a group of women friends. We formed a peace circle and it was amazing what came out of that conversation. And at any given moment in the night, it would not be entirely clear which part of the agenda, if there even was one, we were on. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I know from my, my circle participation that it's, it's really, uh, there's a great degree of, um, trusting the conversation and being present to the conversation that's happening. And, and yet amazingly, these are some of the most fruitful and productive conversations that a person could be having. And, and so I appreciated you giving us that example of, um, the kinds of things that may come out of a circle. Um, I'm curious in your mind, Kay, um, you know, the work we do here at Nebo with visionary leadership. Do you think that vision and visionary leadership and circle work are related? I do, definitely. I, I'm thinking um, of women's donor circles as an example, Kate, that I, I know more about I, um, than I have participated in. But this is an example of women taking leadership to, again, transform um, or make available resources and uh, coaching, uh, financial resources in, in local communities and globally that, that otherwise would not be allocated by a group of women, just like the circle, the peace circle, which is such a beautiful example you just gave. Um, women coming together to pool their, their financial resources and also their talents, their skills, their networks, uh, for good. And I'm thinking of, you know, there are more than 50, uh, of these circles of women that, um, that have self-identified as, you know, being mainly, again, local resources, um, and doing their work without fanfare, um, and, uh, and public adulation. And then there also are amazing, um, national networks like the Women's Donor Network, and there's probably an international equivalent of women of greater financial means or resources that are coming together um, to to address all of the social issues that are near and dear to all of our hearts. So that so so the reason I bring that up, Kate, in the context of leadership is that um, some of the women that I know personally that have been in various circles like this had no leadership experience. Maybe they were a real estate agent that you know had a very um, uh, healthy um, uh, client base, for example. So they were leaders of their own individual business, or they worked inside a corporation as an HR manager. But in terms of the visionary leadership that that Nebo Company embodies, um, and that I aspire to embody, it's really creating something where there wasn't something before. It's believing that it's possible. It's knowing that we're not here alone. This is the to do it alone. This is the end of the Lone Ranger. And I think women, uh, I'm going to go out on a little bit of a limb here, or at least the, the, the power of the feminine is because we know that. We know we're not doing it alone. We know that we need each other and that we're stronger 
by being in circle together. You know, I um, want to give you, you a chance here to share the vision that you have, Kay, and we just have a couple of minutes before we take a break. Um, I want to just invite you to tell us the vision that motivates and inspires and animates you. And we'll give it a couple minutes, and then if it takes a little bit longer, we'll return to it after the break. Go ahead. Great. Well, the motivation, Kate, that really uh, that keeps me going, that gets me up in the morning, is from the practical level of eliminating, doing what I can do uh, to eliminate all preventable deaths in childbirth of mothers and babies and having equal access, that's a form of social justice, to the resources to be able to um, to have a healthy birth, um, all based, again, on on supporting the natural love and compassion that want to come through in the birth experience. So that's definitely part of my vision. My vision is also to have complementary, uh, what we call in the United States anyway, complementary and alternative medicine alternatives available for all. Um, it's also a part of my vision is also to wake up or awaken at a consciousness level the inner healer. I believe that nobody heals anybody else, but that rather we empower, we stand by um, the person to wake up that inner healing voice um, uh, that that resides in each of us, and and that is a place of deep wisdom. So um, my vision is that as circles of people come together cross-culturally uh, uh, as well as locally, that um, that we we dare to dream, we dare to believe, we dare to do our very best to uh, embody uh, or represent the power of, of compassion, being with the suffering of the world and transforming it through love. Um, and I believe that as we do that, um, and as no one, you know, the proverbial no child left behind, as no one is left behind in that conversation, as we're all, we recognize we all are in this together, that um, the, the, um, the power of the collective, and I think we're actually there already, we just may not realize we are, um, will actually raise the standard of, um, of what it is to be human. You know, the, the definition of a philanthropist is a lover of humanity. So it's really to recognize that we all want to make a difference. We're all lovers of humanity and of all <laughs> beings everywhere. As we claim that power, as we act on it, then I think our ecological footprint, the burden that we have placed on the earth, will will also transform. So in my vision, as, as we um, take more responsibility for our actions, the earth becomes greener, the oceans become bluer, the sky is without pollution, and we return to that place, that natural place of wholeness, well-being, um, and healing that, um, that we were born to, to, um, to experience. Thank you so much, Kay. We're going to take a break. My guest is Kay Sandberg. We'll be right back. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. 
want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Welcome back. This is Kate Ebner. I'm talking to Kay Sandberg, who is the founder, and she is the executive director of Global Force for Healing. She's been telling us about the amazing projects there and uh, the circle approach and also her vision for the future, which is uh, beautiful to hear. Kay, I'm going to go back and listen to that again myself and uh, really absorb all of what you can see. Um, you know, as you're talking today, Kay, I have this appreciation of the language that you are bringing to our listeners. Uh, I think that you're um, language, which is centered in love, is an, another way of talking about making a difference in the world. And I think it's uh, very powerful to hear you. Um, you know, as, as the hour comes around, I'd like to ask you, what are you hoping our listeners will take from this hour? Well, Kate, most of all, I hope that listeners will actually take what you just said from this hour, that we all have the power to make a difference from where we are. We don't have to be a social entrepreneur. Uh, we, we really just have to show up in our lives and have the courage really to, if it's take, take a stand if there's an injustice, uh, that's happening in our community, uh, to be informed that, that, that it's really reclaiming or taking back the power that we have as, as global citizens. Um, so I hope people will take that away. Uh, and, and I hope that, um, the whole idea of love is work made visible is a really practical way of thinking about love. Um, I hope that people use the word love um, and, and um, both in in framing, you know, their lives and why they do what they do. Uh, if you ask people, they'll tell you they, they're doing it. Um, yes, they're doing it out of love. Well, of course. <laughs> I'd like to see love as as the, the four-letter word of choice in every <laughs> conversation, on everyone's lips, in everyone's household. Let's make love a, um, a household word again. You know, you and I spoke a little bit about um, this question that we certainly teach when we're teaching people how to become coaches at Georgetown, but it's a question you've had on your lips for a long time, and it's kind of a question that can guide you in your life when you're trying to figure out what really is called for. And, and uh, you remember, you know the question I mean, don't yes, you? Absolutely. What is the question? Uh, well, actually, the question that has informed my life uh, is, what would love do now? Yes. If I am in a place where I don't know what to do, um, either because I'm having my own moments of doubt um, 
or because they're just so there's so much to do, I don't know where to begin, um, or I'm not feeling the power of my own circle of support in that that particular moment. Asking what would love do now drops me into a whole different place, and it usually starts with loving and have, or having compassion for myself, which is I think one of the hardest things um, for most of us. Um, and and so to ask yourself that question. Um, can lead both to action, but more than anything, I think it leads to a deeper inquiry and a sense of self-sustainability um, and a recognition that we are love. Yes. You know, I want to tell people that, you know, I, okay, I first reached out to you at a time when I was looking for someone. I wanted to learn how to be a good partner. You remember that. And I yes, hired you to, to work coach me because mm-hmm. I knew from your background and from your commitment to collaboration that you could help me learn the distinctions about partnership that are so essential to, um, happiness actually and fulfillment in life and in work. And so you worked with me on this for some time and I, I learned an extraordinary amount from you, um, about partnership and about how to trust and call for the wholeness of the other person, even as you speak. Um, from your own point of view with confidence and with courage. And, you know, there's so much powerful work um, woven into the themes and messages that you've been bringing forward today. This month, we're going to be looking at um, a series of conversations, four more conversations with some of the amazing people that you've been describing to us and and some others as well, people who are practicing circle leadership, people who understand how to make manifest change in the world using this kind of a modality. So I'm really hoping those of you who are listening will stay with us and, you know, right along with me, learn all that you can this month about how to um, participate, how to convene a circle, how to make big changes and be part of a bigger conversation in your life um, in a, in a simple way in the way that you can so okay i want to say thank you for the message that you just gave us as we were um as, as i invited you to to tell us what you want us to take from this hour um where can people go to learn more about uk and about your work uh i would love for people to visit our website www.globalforceforhealing.org and also our facebook page which is facebook.com slash global force for healing uh, that's that's probably the primary way. And um, Kate, if there's any listener there that reaches out by email to to Nebo Company in the show, I would be more than delighted to answer a, um, an individual question or start a dialogue. I think that's a wonderful offer. I hope people will take you right up on that. And Kate, I was wondering, I'd like to close the show by dedicating a poem to you. Would you be open to that? Oh, I would be honored. Thank you. Okay. This poem reminds me of UK. It's called Kindness by Naomi Shihab Nye. Kindness. Before you know what kindness really is, you must lose things. Feel the future dissolve in a moment like salt in a weakened broth. What you held in your hand, what you counted and carefully saved, all this must go so you know how desolate the landscape can be between the regions of kindness. How you ride and ride thinking the bus will never stop. The passengers eating maize and chicken will stare out the window forever. Before you learn the tender gravity of kindness, you must travel where the Indian in a white poncho lies dead by the side of the road. You must see how this could be you, 
how he too was someone who journeyed through the night with plans and the simple breath that kept him alive. Before you know kindness as the deepest thing inside, you must know sorrow as the other deepest thing. You must wake up with sorrow. You must speak to it till your voice catches the thread of all sorrows and you see the size of the cloth. Then it is only kindness that makes any sense anymore, only kindness that ties your shoes and sends you out into the day to mail letters and purchase bread, only kindness that raises its head from the crowd of the world to say, it is I you have been looking for and then goes with you everywhere like a shadow or a friend. Thank you for joining me today, Kay. Oh, thank you, Kate. That is the definition of love. That was absolutely beautiful. And may all beings be free of suffering. May all beings experience the kindness that you spoke about um, through this beautiful poem. Thank you. We sincerely hope you've enjoyed hearing from leaders who are using vision to create an inspiring future. Please join host Kate Ebner for another edition of Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business Channel. Meanwhile, visit www.nebocompany.com for more tips on bringing your own vision to life. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.